Hi, everyone. I'm David L. Eulen, the editor of Airlight. In part three of our podcast series, The Art of Bookselling, I talked to Julia Kalashaw, the CEO of Romans and Book Soup. In late September, Romans sent a shudder through the world of Southern California's readers when the 126-year-old bookstore announced it was at risk of closing due to the effects of the pandemic. In an extraordinary bit of outreach, Romans asked its community to shop early and often for the holidays and to recommend the store by word of mouth. The situation has since stabilized, but the risk remains. Cowlishaw and I discussed this and other issues facing independent booksellers in the world of COVID-19 and beyond. So um, welcome to the podcast. Um, Thank you for being here. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about, start by talking a little bit about both the relationship between Romans and BookSoup and the kind of distinct sort of personality of both stores and what it's like to sort of oversee two such iconic local booksellers. That's that's fun. Okay. So we'll start with Book Soup. So Book Soup is in West Hollywood. It is beautiful, you know, floor to ceiling bookshelves, very intimate. I I think of it as a sexy book selling space and and shopping experience in the best of times. And Romans purchased Book Soup about 10 years ago. I think it was 2014 when the when Glenn previous owner passed away. And there's a long-standing relationship there between because Allison Hill, who was our former CEO, had been the general manager at BookSoup. And then also two other staff members, our current CFO, he'd also worked at BookSoup and Jen Ramos, our promotions manager, worked at BookSoup. So there was a lot of familiarity with the culture and it just seemed like a really good, fun thing to acquire and work with. Um, And then Romans is... 126 years old and a large business. Uh, We have the branch store in Hastings Ranch and we have um, the main store in Pasadena, downtown Pasadena. Uh, It's always been very entrepreneurial. I think it's what it excels at right now is the experiential in-shopping experience. So with our gifts and our books and everything else that we can contain. So how has, how has the, I mean, the pandemic has disrupted everything, obviously. And, you know, and I, it, I, and I don't want to make a broad um, assumption about how it's disrupted independent bookstores. I, I know it's affected individual independent bookstores differently. Romans sort of famously uh, a few months ago put out a call to it, its customer base saying, you know, we, we could be in trouble and, and, you know, we're reaching out to you as part of a community. I want to ask you about that. And I also want to ask you about just sort of how, um, how these two bookstores have been weathering the pandemic, the challenges of it from a bookseller's point of view. Um, it seems like people are very interested in in reading. Uh, you know, I mean that that part of it is is I guess if there's a silver lining, that's the silver lining. But it really is about how do we get the books in the hands of of those readers. Right. So it's affected both store or each store somewhat differently. But one of the big things that no one's really talking about is the The absence of in-person events, which has always been a big source of revenue for independent bookstores. That's really one one of the calling cards and a very strong calling card for both BookSoup and for Romans. And they have different audiences. And each each store has a very specific point of view when they bring in authors and, and how they have those conversations. Can you talk a little bit about what those points of view are and how the kind of how they how they affect or influence the programming? Um, so with Book Soup and it's Hollywood and it's connections and more celebrity connections in the entertainment industry. 
So there's a stronger focus on those kind of topics and authors. And with Romans, it's a broader program. So the, a lot with academics, both stores really do a lot with the academics and with the universities here. Romans also will host Hillary Clinton or also known for being able to put on really, really big offsite events for politicians and other celebrities. You certainly have done virtual events. Um, obviously, that's a different kind of book selling. I mean, people can order those books specifically, but they're not in the store. They're not browsing. They're not coming beforehand and having a cup of coffee or you know a glass of wine or something and and spending time in the store. So let's talk a little bit about the you know how how the how the digital events have sort of operated, but also that kind of the effect of those um, those missing in person events. Yeah, I think you said it very clearly. It, it's the without the in-store events, there is no opportunity for any additional sales as someone walks in your store and browses. And I think also people were not used to thinking it's harder for them to even buy the book for the event. They don't really necessarily think of it. They think of it as entertainment, but they don't necessarily think of it as, oh, I'm here and I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this book as well. So we've seen some that are very successful if the, when the author really, um, author plays a big role in how successful they are as far as selling the books and promoting the sales of books. We've done the, we do these virtual events because it also still connects us to our community and that's really important. And although they don't bring in the same amount of revenue, we still believe it's a really important channel of communication during the pandemic. Can you talk a bit about, I mean, again, you, as we've talked about, you're dealing with two separate communities. I think of both of these bookstores as community bookstores and in some mm -hmm. ways as community centers. And, um, you know, so I'm curious about your sense of the role of the bookstore as a community kind of landmark and also the relationship of the bookstore and its clientele as a community. It's not just, I mean, it is obviously a mercantile environment, but it's not just a mercantile relationship. Right. It is a, it is a relationship and um, we... So I think one of the ways that we connect with our communities is through the events, but and in within those events, that means we're also connecting with authors and we're connecting with publishers and we're connecting with just the broader environment of publishing and the world of ideas. And that is what people come to bookstores for is to spark their imagination, learn about a different point of view um, one of the events that Romans had done in the past, previous years, was called Democracy Wise. And it was talking about just all the different elements of democracy and stimulating conversation around that. So that and, you know, Book Soup has a similar thing. I mean, one of the strengths of Book Soup is its arts and photography sections and its interior design section. I mean, no, hardly any bookstores carry the breadth that book soup does there. So it really draws people in and it becomes a destination because they know they're going to see something unique. And one of the things I know that Romans has done is that you gather, you, you deal with writers from the community. I mean, you know, in terms of bringing in writers for various events, I know that there's that holiday sort of mingle that you, that, that Romans has done where, you, you know, a, a few writers come in and, you know, sort of there's a, there's, wine and cheese and they talk to customers and recommend books and the writers do some kind of, you know, in a way, do some kind of hand selling. Is there yeah. any way to get the, to, to have that kind of um, virtual, to, to do that virtually in the current moment? Is there any, are there any plans for those sorts of, those sorts of events? We weren't able to come up with a 
good idea for that this year and, and a replication of it. So we're just going to have to hold out for 2021. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the call to the community that, that, um, that Romans made. Can you, for listeners who aren't familiar with that, can you sort of talk a little bit about, um, about what, that, what the circumstance was and, and what the outreach was? So we had opened to the public for in-store shopping in June once we were able to, limited, following all the protocols. Sales were improving slowly, but we were suffering pretty significant losses every month, even with the skeleton staff, and we'd cut all our expenses we could, and you know, we'd done everything that we were, you should do in a situation like this. Um, but that compiled with the, with the really eight weeks that we couldn't operate as a store at all, um, and had to rely on just um, sales through Ingram, a wholesaler. Uh, it was, and not knowing how much longer the pandemic was going to last, we realized that we needed to remind people that we were here and that if they really wanted us to be here, they were going to have to come support us because it wasn't long-term, it wasn't sustainable for the long-term. So at the end of September, it began with outreach, just a quiet outreach really to friends of uh, Mr. Sheldon, the store owner. And, but with plans for us to do some media outreach and at a, in a week or two, but we just, can, um, we were nervous to do this. We didn't know what the response would be, but it, to our amazement, people just, and Larry, Larry Wilson helped us out with interviewing Joel. That was the first thing. And, you know, immediately that weekend, we started to see a big uptick in in-store sales. And then it just went viral. And so our online sales went through the roof and our in-store shopping really picked up. People showed up for us incredibly well. We're also really proud of the fact that it brought attention to other retailers and other stores. And it started the conversation. And I think people were just in that pandemic mode and they weren't really thinking about what it was gonna be like when the pandemic ended and who would still be here and where would they be able to shop? Yesterday I was on a walk and I ended up on a street I haven't been on in several months. And just seeing the number of businesses that were gone, you know, just the, yeah. the number of empty storefronts. Um, you know, it shouldn't be surprising. I, I'm aware of what's going on, but just to see it in that way really brought it home in a visceral, in a visceral kind of way. How is um, how is this? How are the stores doing now? Can you say? Yeah, um, we are. We are doing pretty well. We are holding our own um, compared to last year. At this time, you know, we haven't. It still doesn't compensate for the losses for earlier in the year, but it is. It is giving us hope, and it feels sustainable um, as long as we, you know, continue to be smart in how we run and inefficient in how we run our business. So this, you know, in-store revenue is good, but we're still absent a lot of the additional revenue that we have through events and other things like that. The timing of the, the new Safer at Home order is uh, not great for retail businesses, given that it, it, it basically will run pretty much right up until, um, until Christmas. Do you see, um, and, and also I know Pasadena has its own sort of set of restrictions on top of the county's um, restrictions. What, is, what do you see or what do you imagine the effect of that might be in terms of the next few weeks for, for, for both stores? So we're, we are trying to extend our hours. We have extended our hours. Um, right now we've extended them at Romans and we're, we'll be extending them some next week at Book Soup. 
so that since we can have fewer people in the store, it gives us more hours to try to have people shopping. Um, shopping in store is still the best way to support us. Um, we're not built for online. We're still catching up at Broman's on our orders, online orders. And I think shopping also gives the, you know, shows the breadth of all the merchandise at both stores that we can't, that isn't necessarily easy to exhibit on online. And are you still doing, you're still doing pickup also. People can call in and, and yep. titles and pickup. Yep. We, and people can call in and do curbside pickup and at both stores. I want to ask you how it's been in terms of getting books, Distri distributors. I mean, I know that, you know, certainly early in the pandemic, publishers were very slow. I mean, necessarily slow. Warehouses were closed down. It was difficult to get books sort of to get books in, you know, in the mail or get books, you know, being mm -hmm. shipped. How has that um, how has that changed over the course of the last several months? The supply chain, you're right, was broken at the beginning for sure, but it's working pretty well now. Uh, the distributors aren't shipping quite as often as they were prior to the pandemic. They have problems, you know, they have to do all the protocols that everyone does. So the supply chain's slower too. That's the other piece, but it's working pretty well. After the pandemic, if we can sort of project into that future, <laughs> um, what do you see? Do you see keeping anything? I mean, you know, I know for for you know for me as a reader or event goer, one of the sort of hidden again hidden little silver linings is that I can go to book events all over the or virtual book events all over the country that I would never be able mm -hmm. to attend um, if they were only in in real life. Um, is there a, have have you thought about those kind of things in terms of where Romans and BookSoup go from here once things ease up, once there's a vaccine and people are, are more um, more out in the world? I think virtual events are here to stay at some level. Um, I think publishers have found them to be pretty effective in a lot of circumstances. You know, it's definitely uh, more cost effective for them than, you know, sending an author on a national tour. So I think I think that environment will be different. So um, after the pandemic, but we'll still be doing in-person events too. I mean, I think people want them. I was thinking the other day about how excited people will be when the, um, LA, the book festival, LA Times Book Festival can <laughs> take place. And I think the other thing we'll, we'll be carrying through with us is I think online orders, you know, prior to the pandemic, online orders accounted for about 1% of our sales. And, you know, at one point during the pandemic, they were 100% of our sales. Um, what, what are they now, if you, if you don't mind saying? They're roughly about 30% of our sales. And that's just a different business. So that's going to be here to stay. I think curbside is here to stay. So what um, we're focusing on is really trying to improve that whole online shopping experience for our customers, recognizing that um, it's just part of what people want in it more now. Well, thank you, Julia, for talking um, talking with us for the for the Airlight podcast. And for anyone listening, um, please buy all your holiday books at independent bookstores. Romans and Book Soup are two great places to start. It's been a real pleasure having this conversation. It's a pleasure talking to you, and thanks so much for your support. Mm -hmm.